0: I think I sprained my finger.
1: Shut (laughs) up!
2: Focus! Come on, you guys. Come on, ready? (laughs) Light as a feather, stiff as a board. Light as a a feather, stiff as a board. Light as a a feather, stiff as a board. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. Light is a feather stiff as a board. Light is a feather stiff as a board. Light as a feather stiff as a board. Light as a feather stiff as a board. light as a feather stiff as a board. Light 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 as a feather stiff as a board. a feather
0: Hello, and welcome to Bear Pile, your pile up of everything geeky and berry. As always, I am your mama bear, the Yeti. With me, as always, is the lovely, the talented, the beautiful, Jonathan Moore. Say hi, Jonathan.
1: Hello.
0: Joining father. us... Th-
1: yeah. What did you say? Well,
0: I said you me so much. Oh, I always do. Uh, joining us this week, we have Chad. Say hi, Chad. Hello. And we mm-hmm. have Freyre. Say hi, Freyre.
2: Hi there, everyone.
0: So, this week we're discussing uh, spirituality, specifically with regards to gay men, and we're just going to sort of have an open topic about that. Um, so, with full disclosure, my spirituality bends more towards a sort of Celtic pagan understanding of the phrase. Jonathan, I know you bend more towards the not-at-all spiritual side of things.
1: I really consider myself an atheist. Um, or more specifically, I'm not, I'm not like an asshole atheist, like,
0: like, all uh, right. I believe in the good of you. Okay. So, uh, Jeff, what about you? What, what, where do you consider yourself to be?
3: Um, spiritually, uh, due to the fact of where I grew up, I grew up in Wales with a very old style pagan family. So I've grown around, I've grown up around paganism in the spiritual way, such, such as like that. And I'm. So, I've grown into the practice of it, but I've practiced more so of the old ways rather than to the neo pagan, uh, you know, venturing into like the, the kind of Wiccan ways and stuff like that. I'm very latent when it comes to it.
2: Okay. Uh,
0: Frere, what about you?
2: I uh, come from this, um, this particular topic in two backgrounds. Uh, I converted into the neo pagan movement back in about 1984. And have been practicing on and off since then, mainly with um, Wicca, a northern European flavor to it. But I'd also like to add that I've got my master's in anthropology specifically studying this subject, um, religion and magic and such. And I was intrigued by this topic because um, this is something I've studied in school, and I'd like to bring that background into this discussion.
0: Excellent. So, uh I know Chad, you said that you were you were sort of raised with this religion. Um yes. So, uh, I guess that would be outside how especially in America because uh, in America unfortunately, we don't have a lot of people raising their children outside the Judeo-Christian dichotomy. Um so mm-hmm. I know that I had to had to find my religion myself. So, it, I know how that feels finding your religion, but uh sort of sticking with your the religion that you were born with, how has that sort of influenced you?
3: Well, given that I'm the only male of um my dad's side of the family that actually practices um I you know, growing up I wasn't forced to believe any sort of kind of beliefs or anything like that. I was free to choose uh, you know, as I wanted to. Um but because I since I grew up 8 years in Wales along with my aunts, I kind of fe- I you know, I fell into the practice. And um, just the way that just the styles and the teachings and everything that I was taught because my fam- cuz my family, you know, it's in its own circle, but I j- chose not to be a part of that circle. I've been a solo practitioner mm. si- since I was probably about 6 years old.
0: Okay. Very interesting. Uh mm-hmm. if- so as, as sort of like a counterpoint to that, Friar, you actually converted to your religion. So how has that sort of influenced you?
2: Um, I, as you mentioned, in the U.S., it's difficult to not grow up without Judeo-Christian ethics in this country, which is a deep part of this culture. that extends back easily a thousand years and such, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the... Um, main problem is the collective Christian church's view on, on homosexuality is at best tolerant um, the the MCC is pretty good about it and everything but the other churches are at best tolerant and at worst well you know what like the Fred Phelps type so yeah. I never felt comfortable as a gay man in anything like that and uh-huh. okay, as Jonathan probably um can attest to, I went through a phase of um, atheism in my late teen and early 20s. I
0: wouldn't call it a phase. Yeah, I think for you it's not a phase. I think for him No, it, it for was. me it was a phase. I'm yeah. sorry.
2: if I That statement was implied, is talking about my own experience. It's not oh, okay. you as a phase. But you could certainly understand why you would be – I could certainly understand why you would be driven into atheism and you found your satisfaction that way. I – Followed a different path and um, really wanted, I felt something was missing. And after some research, I discovered paganism through various channels, and that became spiritually satisfying for me.
1: Well, I think one of the things that people probably have a big misconception about atheism is that people who are atheists do it for reasons like they have. Anger at God, or, or 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 even or even that it is completely about the intolerance of, of Christianity. I, you know that, you know that's that's one thing that I don't like about the Judeo-Christian, uh, you know, type of religion. But the, but part of it was just simply that to me, religion of any sort just didn't make sense in my mind. If that makes sense, if that makes sense. So. Yeah,
0: you know, that makes sense. yeah that makes sense to me.
2: When, um, I see that and I understand it, but I think another point that a lot of people don't understand about atheism, and this is – I'm going to draw on my experience as an anthropologist at this point in my studies is that a lot of people don't understand where an atheist gets his or her moral code from because it's sort of like – in our culture because of the rejection of Judeo-Christians, Judeo-Christianity, and its moral code. Well, where do you get this from? How do you deal with it? I know in my research that I've seen there is certainly a background uh, going into the writings of Kant and various philosophers through the 18th and 19th century that really informed that. But I think – and I'm not meaning to point a finger at atheism, but I think part of the problem is um, atheists have never kind of let it be known – where they do get their moral values from, how well, they inform their moral sense.
1: I think the moral sense just comes from the fact. that I think it's it's inherent. I mean, when you think about it, you know, basic, you know, every culture in the world has basic things that you don't do. You know, you don't murder, you don't steal. You know, I think that the, that what I think they might build in evolutionarily, you know, things that are detrimental for the group are things that are wrong. That right? does
2: make a lot of sense. It's just. <laughs> Um, at wish more people thought about it that way, honestly. So,
0: Strangely enough, we were raised... I know I was. And the 90s were a particularly secular time, and I was raised in the 90s. And the predominant sort of culture that I grew up in was moral without being religious. We were able to distinguish between the two. It's just sort of like you do things with regards to compassion because you don't want other people to suffer rather than... Because you are you're threatened with retribution
2: I think that's what a lot of gay men uh, also look at it as but I think there is a yearning within people to find a religious background or some sort of uh, not a religious background but I think a moral code mm-hmm. or a basis for a moral code. Um, if you look at some of the uh, very important academic studies regarding paganism, neo-paganism, especially in America, you find that um, a lot of its adherents are, or converts, are highly educated people. Um, They all have, uh, most of them have college degrees or postgraduate degrees. And so they're looking for something.
1: I believe you will find a similar demographic among atheists.
0: I think that's true. I think that there is... Yeah. you 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 usually reach a, a space especially in america where your life sort of takes you two separate ways and you become educated and you either leave the spiritual path that your family sort of puts you on or you find another one it's it's very rare to see someone who stays after being fully completely educated who just stays on the same sort of spiritual path with any sort of passion or adherence
1: that's why colleges are tools
0: of yeah. the oh yeah that's actually um, yeah. that's actually kind of funny cuz we did we did have someone who came on to our college campus at temple University, who always used to go and tell us that being in college was a sin because we should just be studying the Bible. Oh,
2: yeah. um, If Christians want to continue shooting themselves in the foot that way, they can go ahead. But oh, God! <laughs> and,
1: and you know, and, and, and this shouldn't be a Christian bashing session because you no, know I, no. I, I know plenty of you know great Christians. You
0: know, yeah, so yes. I, I yeah. wouldn't say that. Like, I would ever bash Christians. It's more that it. It's the evangelical nature, unfortunately, of certain Christian sects that make them very undesirable.
1: I think extremism in any form is that whatever whether it's in the...
0: Well, I, I think... think
1: uh, any politics.
0: Yeah. I think evangelical... Um, nature in any religion is counterproductive because religion should not be something that is sold to you or pushed on you
3: it's something that you should feel in your heart basically
0: yeah it should be a, a personal thing
2: yeah yes um but i think that's also something that's come out of our culture for the past thousand years or so again of um the evangelistic nature of Christianity starts at its very roots from its founder and in various ways it's been incorporated in it. Um, So getting out of that evangelistic nature as both a religion and sort of like a cultural imperative that's come with it, I think is very, very difficult. It literally requires changing faith, I think, to do it. I'm sure I could, uh, Yeti and, um, cheddar will agree with me that um you run into your share of bad pagans also oh,
0: oh yeah. of course i, mean, I can no tell matter, you stories all day long
3: no matter what religion you come across there's no such there's no such thing as a religion that does not have somebody in it that's go, that you know that basically defaces or disgraces the religion itself yeah i mean, I mean look I, at what westboro baptist church uh,
2: look, yes
3: that's if a prime look- example if you look in the even in, in, in
1: amongst the atheists, I, I'm, I'm kind of distraught by this it's been, you know, the past few years. Um, I, I really don't care much for Richard Dawkins. You know, he I know what he's trying to do, he's trying to fight fire with fire, but I think it makes us all look bad. So,
2: yeah, along those lines, I would certainly point out the work of um, Stephen Gould who had the idea of the non-overlapping magisteria, I think the term is, the idea that religion and science are two separate areas of our lives and they address different questions and different ideas. Religion looks at our idea of our relationships, especially amongst ourselves and with God or the Godhead or whatever way we see it. And that... It, uh, science will accept the physical world and how it works and how it got to be in its present form um,
1: oh I was just saying I, I think that that's a problem that a lot of religious folks have at the moment is is dealing with the fact that 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 science explains the natural world because they want they want religion to explain it and they're, and they're having trouble separating maps you know look at look at the it's a whole intelligent design in schools thing that's it's really well exactly. i think mm-hmm. well
3: i think it actually and i think it also comes down to the fact that you know the two f's the faith versus fact whereas science is going to science wants to prove everything using fact and religion wants to try using faith as its means of proving something and that's why i've never viewed as science and religion coexisting at, coexisting in the same like you know in you know synchrosy only because is that you know faith requires you to actually believe something to make for it to be true, and fact requires study for it to actually be found out to be true. Yeah, uh, uh, fact
2: doesn't
1: change. I, you. Believe whatever
3: you want. The facts don't change.
2: Agreed, yeah, facts right. don't change. But I would like to point out, I don't think faith is really the basis of religion. Uh, drawing again on my background as an anthropologist, I think fa- faith, religion, actually. Um, Addresses, as I said before, uh, certain questions that religion can answer very, very easily and provide some interesting points. For example, how do you be a good person? Uh, How should I treat my neighbor? I mean um, to um, be a Christophile for a moment and everything, the two commandments out of Christianity, love love God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul, and love your neighbor as you love yourself, answers those questions beautifully. But science can't answer that. Um, Whereas, where did this universe come from? Well, the Big Bang theory and evolution certainly points out how the world came into – how the universe came into being and how the diversity of all the various life forms happened on this planet. But again, as I pointed out, two very separate areas of human inquiry, and I think that's something that really needs to be emphasized.
0: Uh, You know what's strange? I have never sort of experienced religion as um, an external force. As like as as, sort of this, how do I treat people and how do I go about my day, um, you know? So that sort of thing has always been something I've been very comfortable with dealing with myself. Mm-hmm. Religion for me has always been about uh, internal things. What do I want to be, you know? And who am I asking for help to get that way?
2: I don't think I see that much of a difference from what I described before and what you're describing now, honestly. But uh, if I'll leave it at that.
0: It's just that I'm not – I don't use religion as a way to address the external world like a lot of people do. It's something that I definitely use to address my internal world. And I know
3: exactly what you're saying on that one because I do agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um the fact the what how you're explain, like the way that you're explaining it like religion like to me my what my beliefs and my religion is like it's how ha- it's how that i've learned to accept the world around me not so much as to you know try to just not not so much justify but trying to how are, uh, i'm trying to figure out how to say that um like I guess, religion, I guess religion itself is more so internalized for me so that I can actually give myself a better, you know, to under, to understand myself as to where I can put myself into the world. It's to in, put myself into the world mm-hmm. and use it as a means of having, you know, having my morals and how I would treat another person relative than, you know, using science. Science just, um, you know, science I use for basically to understand how something works.
2: I certainly see that. Um Something I would argue also over is the fact that – and I hope I don't get Jonathan Tackles up over this, but I think science um, or at least uh, in the modern world, other things have taken the place of that idea of that uh, moral framework of how do we relate with other people, and I think that's what is really causing a lot of problems. These days, a lot of people feel like they are disconnected. Um, they are part of just one cog in the great economic political engine of our country, of this world, and without. A, and they don't see themselves as having a lot of power, and they see themselves as um, people use them as a in uh, a means to get their own ends. Uh, another person would use them as well. What can I get out of that person economically and politically? And I think that is a major problem that we're facing that um, can be very pervasive in the gay community uh, since a lot – I many gay people I've run into are have shunned religion and rightfully so the way they've been treated. But I yeah. think in doing so, they have not taken up that idea of, well, what's your moral code now going to be? Uh, they have given it a lot of thought.
0: And
1: that's 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 generally why I position myself more as a humanist than an atheist. I mean, humanism is more about philosophy and ethics and it values you know, it values the agency of humanity of human beings, you know, and it just it's it's more about you know, critical thinking over doctrine or faith. So you know, I, I I think it's possible to do it without Necessarily being religious.
2: Understood. Uh, I think there's a very broad line there that separates ethics and morals and philosophy and religion in the modern world, and I've been dancing back and, cross, back and forth across that line. So forgive me for that particular point.
3: I've always felt like even the word religion in itself was – because the word religion, I don't think can be argued that it doesn't that, – that word does not come without stigma, no matter what the yes. religion comes with. Yes. Um, Absolutely, because, because once you because once that word comes out, then you have a bunch of people. Then you have then you put some. Then of course, somebody's mm-hmm. going to go on edge, whether it be one person or ten, doesn't matter.
2: Exactly. Um,
3: that's Me why too. I've always looked at like you know, I don't. I try to stick away from the word religion as much as I just say you know my personal beliefs because I have a personal belief that whatever somebody believes, like what their final outcome is going to be. Like if you're a Christian, you believe you're going to go to heaven, then that's your final outcome. If you know, that if you worship, like if you do worship the devil, then, you know, you're going to go to hell to be with who you work, to be with who you worship. Like, like in my personal beliefs is that, you know, when you like, I believe that everybody has a certain purpose and that, you know, I do believe in, the, I do believe in reincarnation as, you know, that we are the same, that we are the same per. that we're going to always be the same person as a soul wise, but we're going to be, reborn. but we serve a purpose and our purpose is always going to be the same but if we don't serve our purpose and we die but if we die before serving what our purpose is we will we will come back to try to serve that purpose in the next life and once we've and once we've fulfilled that then we can fi- then we can finally push on to have the same you know just um you know we can fi- we can finally be at be at rest we don't have to continuously be on a cycle anymore it's kind of you know it's kind of like how the, H- the hindus believed in reincarnation um
0: yeah the you cycle know, of karma, Dharma, and samsara
3: yes, exactly
2: that's very close to my own personal beliefs that I thought I worked out all on my own, but apparently somebody else thought of it too. The idea that we're here to learn something and that once we understand that and have incorporated that something into our sel- into ourselves, our intellect, our soul, we're given another lesson we graduate come back and learn that lesson and then eventually um, the way I've thought it out is that eventually you learn enough lessons that your soul no longer needs a physical body to sustain it and it no longer needs a physical body to, to sustain it and you could graduate essentially from the physical plane into a more etheric or um, spiritual plane and you know move on to what Gata- uh, Siddhartha Gautama moved on to becoming one with the one with the universe or something close to it.
0: Yes. I always believed uh, cuz my my view of the afterlife has always been very ancestor oriented. So, you know, I believe in Summerland, I believe in the halls of my my ancestors in Tiernanog, so I'm hoping to go there one day. I have a feeling it's
2: you're That philosophy fits in with what I've been espousing, and it's sort of like at the other. (laughs) This is going to sound hokey, but I'll I'll put it out anyways. The movie Judging Your Wife. Have you is that everyone seeing that, or you had a chance to see it?
3: No, I've not. not.
2: Look it up on Netflix or whatever. It has. uh, I think it's Alan or Albert Brooks and Meryl Streep. Essentially, When when you already okay with it. Okay, you'll <laughs> like it. I mean, she's a, she's a fantastic actress, but I think she does a good job in here. Essentially, the idea of the movie is, all right, you die and you go to heaven or something that's never called heaven, but very similar to that. And you're kind of, you get a chance to review your life and say, well, this is what you did good. This is what you did bad. Okay, you need to go work on that bad part. So we're going to send you back so you can work on that bad part and do it all over again. And literally, that's what the movie is about. I won't give away the ending or anything, but uh, you'll be able to figure it out, I think, from that. Um, and it, it turned into a very amusing, very satisfying little film. You may be interested in watching it.
3: Um, yeah, it does actually sound like very interesting. I wouldn't mind actually looking that up myself. Um, yeah, but
2: and it, I think that – Oh, sorry to jump in just to dovetail – that might be very similar to what the Summerlands is, that resting place where we go and relax and say, Wow, well that was a ride. Let me go sit down on a bench for a moment and then what yeah, about what happened, then we get on yeah, yeah.
3: I guess that also uh, ride correlates time. Um I guess it also correlates into um, how what I believe because I, like I was – like I stated, um, I believe that everybody is born with a certain purpose in life and that mm-hmm. the reason why you're reincar- – why somebody is reincarnated is because they did not fulfill that purpose that, that has been set for them. Um, so yep. say like if I died right now and I did not fulfill what my life is supposed to be fulfilled for, I would come back in the next life. Like say if I'm suppo- – like say if I was the one who was supposed to cure something like you know, cancer, for example. If I did not do that in this lifetime, I would be reborn to do that in the next lifetime. Up until the point that I've served the purpose of what my life is supposed to do, I will not reach that point of, I guess, nirvana, in that sense.
0: Yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm very much in the minority uh, in regards to most pagans, where I don't believe in destiny and I don't believe in having a purpose and I don't believe in any of that. I just sort of, uh, I'm, I'm a very huge believer in sort of like the controlled random chaos of the world. Mm -hmm. And so, okay. Everything is up for, is up to us to give purpose.
3: Well, I mean, and I, and understandably, like, I guess in, in same regards to, uh, to what you just said, I get, um, I do practice the old ways, but it's not. Very, it's actually not very common for somebody to have that kind of belief that I do. That is the belief that I was, you know, that I grew up with. That you know how my fa- that's what my uh, family who does practice into the religion, that's what they believe. And I always and you know, though I don't really, I don't like to agree with the whole destiny thing. I do find it as a means to push to give myself that push that I need to do better with my life, in which case that's what I have done, why I graduated top of my class and I've been, so, you know, being 22 years old and I've been so successful all the, you know, all these years being as independent as I am.
1: As far as uh, how I believe, you know, our purpose, we make our own purpose, you know, there's no inherent purpose to life, but that's the amazing thing about it. We can be whatever we want it to be. You know, we can do as much as we feel like, you know, I, my, my hope is that I can leave the world in a better place than I found it, you know, make a few people happy and, you know, and, and, and I feel fulfilled with that, you know, other people want to do more. Us. That's great. And as far, as far as an afterlife, you know, it's like, you know, I kind of think we're food, which, which in my opinion, makes life all the more important, you know? I've always felt that religion was used as an excuse to send people off to war because, oh, you know, you'll get your war in the next life for dying in this one. Oh. Don't you? Don't you think life is more valuable if you know that this is all, all you get? You think maybe people might not be so readily willing to just kill each other willy nilly?
2: I certainly agree with everything you've said. The idea that Um, We're here to certainly find our own purpose, whatever that may be. I think I'm sounding very wishy-washy trying to agree with everybody here, but honestly, I do feel that way, that um, our divergent views are not all that divergent. And we could actually – I actually find a lot of value in what you're saying. If we only had one life and we knew about it, we'd certainly treat it much better and the people around us much better than we do it at present. So –
0: I wish I agreed, I really do, but um, my opinion of humanity is not that high. People will always find a reason to throw their lives away, honestly. Um, And it it doesn't take that much. Religion has been one driving force behind war and genocide, but there were completely uh, non-religious regimes that managed to make people do it anyway. So...
2: And you could also look at it in the way of a person who He does no harm to anybody else But he he or she spends his life You know, hopped up on drugs And, you know, doesn't do anything And, well, maybe that is, maybe that is his purpose Or uh, his or her purpose or not I don't know, but it's sort of like That to me seems like a waste Well, and I mean, if
1: that's what they want to do It's their life to do it with, you know
2: Absolutely, absolutely
0: so let's switch to a, a sort of different topic here. Um, so we've 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 touched on it uh, before, but uh, let's talk about gay men and spirituality in particular. Like um, we've both said before that we see uh, that the gay community has sort of been left out in the cold where religion is concerned. Is that something that you guys have seen as a truth in your lives?
3: Only with certain religions, because not every religion um not every religion is against homosexuality there i mean if we go if we go back to like you know greek polytheism you know homosexuality was at was actually praised especially during time of war um
0: yeah. but
3: as it come what the thing was was that the way that i view it when christianity started or not, not even christianity but going into catholicism the reason why it was put it was put down was because is that it w- it was in ways of being able to control what was going on dur- during the uh, Greco-Roman times. To put down all to put down so many things, saying that well, this is, well this is bad. You need to, if if you convert you you will be saved. Your beliefs are wrong. Um, Homosexuality, like the word homosexual, didn't doesn't even have a true, you know. If you trace back the word, it doesn't even have a re- there's no real word for. it during the time that the bible was originally conceived there was no homosexuality was not there was no word that actually defined for homosexuality it wasn't wasn't even really a thing it was because because homosexuality as it exists today as kind
1: of a monolithic thing really didn't exist men men had their their boys but they also felt that it was their duty to have a wife and produce children and they did both and that's just the way it was
2: um, I agree with my two distinguished colleagues here also. Um, I'm going to point the <laughs> finger here at – I'm going to point the finger at Christianity and say this is probably one of the biggest sins I would ever want to hang on the collective Christian churches is the idea that they have really pushed the gay community away. G-O-B-T-Q-I, whatever the hell letters go in with that. Go, the alphabet uh, that way. Yeah, the alphabet, That that <laughs> alphabet soup we get hung around their neck pushed us away and unfortunately because of history it's not a lot of people don't realize there are other alternatives that you can go go to if you feel the need for a religion and we've hammered that idea to death so I won't rehash it but um, the, yeah we need I think the gay community needs to become more, more aware of the religious alternatives mm. that are available to them
1: Right. And, and I and I have you know I had a, a, a bad experience with with being shunned um, when I was in my early twenties because my father was Southern Baptist my mom was Jewish and so I kind of clusterfuck yeah I kind of <laughs> was a little bit of both although my mom had converted to Christianity I was still curious about it so I, I went out and I discovered this group they call themselves Messianic Jews which was kind of a halfway between. Um, won't go into the details. People can look it up if they really are curious about it. But uh, uh, basically, it ended up uh, I ended up uh, coming out around around the time that I was involved in them, and they and I got shunned really bad, and I got called a pedophile, which doesn't make any sense. Um,
2: yeah, that's oh boy.
1: And, um, you know there, there there are more pedophiles that are. Straight than there, you know. Even if you are
0: just going by percentages, well, pedophilia yeah, exactly. is not really associated with sexuality. People don't it's get that at all. It's it's a disease. It's not a sexual orientation.
1: But either way, you know. So I that was my last putting up with religion
2: that I had. And, and my experience is similar to the others here in that. Once you get away from the Judeo-Christian Islamic ethic, um, you discover most religions don't really care too much about who you're in bed with. Um, You know, honor your marriage vows, certainly. uh, But, you know, all right, if you're getting it on the side with a guy down the street, just don't do it. Don't scare the horses and the children, okay, guy? (laughs) This kind of segues into an interesting idea. Something in my personal experience, I just feel a strong affiliation, a strong attac- attraction to male energy, male company, uh, the masculine, the strong, uh, a strong male resonance. Um, and I wonder, as other gay men, have you felt that sort of thing uh, regarding how you approached the Godhead and everything? With pagans, I realize. Um, we see multiple gods or a monotheistic, genderless, sexless one. I run into that sort of thing. But I've always felt, as I said, a strong attraction to male gods. I honor the female and recognize her power and her ability. But um, I'm running with Curnunos, Hermes, Pan, Freya, um, all the male gods. I'm running over there. I mean, do does anybody else have a similar feeling?
0: Um, my oh, yes. my balancing has always been completely equal, so I have four patrons. I have Brigid, the Morrigan, Lou, and Carnunius.
3: Um, with me, uh, I guess going going back into the old way, um, you know, with the you, you know three's the mat three's the magical number, you know, the Triquetra, the Trinity, um, the Lord. To me, it's the Lord, the Lady, and the Almighty, and Kernanos being my Almighty, my Lord and Lady. Um, you know, which, you know going down to it? I actually, uh, you know, I worship. I, my Lord and the Lady, come from Greek mythology of being Hel- uh, Helios and Diana, um, in representation of the sun and the moon. Well, gods, of the, God and goddess of the sun and the moon, because of the representation of the moon and the sun were Artemis and Apollo in Greek in Greek mythology
0: okay yeah so i think it depends um i also like because it's very difficult to differentiate male and female energy in irish practice because um <laughs> there wasn't very much difference between men and women in uh, irish mythology except for the fact that women had children um women very much could do everything that the men could do uh, all of the war gods are both male and female. Um, this, all the Smiths are male and female. All the gods of healing are both male and female. Like there's very little distinction between male and female, um, roles with regards to Irish practice. Um, and
3: well, and when it comes to the Welsh practice, see, there is a fine, there is a fine line in between, you know, the femininity and masculinity in which, um, earlier last weekend, I went to a pagan festival and it was for Mabon. Mm-hmm. Well, and the way that, the way that I was taught was that, um, men, men played a certain role and women played a certain role, especially in the Mabon ritual. And, you know, women dance and men played the drums and being a part of their circle. It was kind of, I guess in a sense, kind of awkward for me because it's not, I'm not used to, uh, men and women playing playing equal equal parts in that sense.
2: Ah, okay. Interesting. Yes.
3: Yeah,
0: so. oh, for
2: me for me it's always as I've said before, I'm I acknowledge and honor female divinity energy in that way, but my heart has always been strongly drawn to the masculine. And I feel that is where I'm supposed to go. That is where I'm supposed to be
0: so bringing this back onto sort of like a broad sense, um, do we see religion and spirituality sort of becoming more affixed to the gay community at all?
3: I what I've noticed about about a lot of the gay community these days is that a lot of a, you know a lot of gay men and gay women are sw- are coming are not only just coming out but also coming out as new newfound, um, pra- practitioners in the craft in some sense.
2: My experience has not seen that. But then again, I haven't specifically been looking. I would argue that I think we find that sense of religion, community, ethos, philosophy, and sort in other ways that uh, – in other communities. Um, the kink and leather BDSM community, I think they see gay men and women find um, what they're looking for in that. oh um, but when I also talk with other pagans, uh, pardon me, other gay men, it's sort of like, yeah, they're they are they're interested in hearing what I'm talking about. You know, I do not proselytize. I think that's one of the most obnoxious things in the world. I also don't hide my own practice. Uh, if somebody wants to talk to me about it and talk respectfully, I'd be more than happy to explain it to them. But uh, I don't proselytize or try to convert anybody, but I'm also quite willing to um, explain Each. to every to anybody who would ask respectfully?
0: I mean, for my part, I see it sort of staying the same as sort of like this very... Um, there are religious pockets in the gay community, but I don't think that they are going to um, gain in any sort of larger proportion in the next couple of years. They seem to be sort of... St- um, Cruising kind of steadily. I mean, we do see a lot more. I think um, non-heterosexual practitioners uh, coming in, and uh, as paganism becomes a bigger and bigger movement, because it is, it is a, an alternative. It it is a religion that has a more attractive view of the world than uh, the Judeo-Christian dichotomy. Um, well,
1: I think we can all agree that that. At least in the LGBT community, uh, at the moment, at least uh, Christianity in particular is not terribly attractive. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, there, there are a lot of people also moving into into atheism. You know, I, I belong to a couple uh, gay atheists or gay theists, if you will. Facebook <laughs> group atheists. Hashtag uh, that.
2: Are we going to add that to the alphabet soup at the end, you know, G-L-B-T-I-Q-A.
3: <laughs> this.
0: But yeah, yeah, I think I agree with you, Jonathan. I think I see a lot, a large, uh, the probably the largest uh, portion of our community is sort of affixed with, um, if not atheist, then humanist and secular beliefs, rather than any sort of religious attachment.
1: Yeah, I, and, and, and I think, you know, and, and that's the thing, if Christianity wants to win back any of these people, they need to start, you know, changing their, you know, and I'm sorry, you know, religion changes over the years. Religion, Christianity is practiced now is not Christianity practiced 2,000 years or 500 years or 100 years ago, so.
2: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Alright, that is all for our time this week. Uh, we'd like to thank everybody who was here with us this week. I'd like to thank you very much, my lovely co-host, Jonathan.
1: Oh, thanks. Um, I, you all can find me uh, with my uh, webcomic, uh, Cody the Cub. You can find that at uh, CodyTheCub.com or uh, Facebook.com slash CodyTheCub. Or on Twitter at uh at Cody Cub Comic or brand new on Hello at Cody the Cub.
0: wunderbar. wunderbar. Alright, and thank you very much for being with us here tonight, Frere.
2: Thank you very much. I had a delightful time. Um the only thing I would go out with is saying that uh please everybody um education is our greatest tool to fight with and i think being people being able to educate themselves and learn as much as they can both about themselves and the world around them is the sharpest sword in our arsenal
0: okay excellent excellent and thank you for being with us here tonight chad
3: not a problem um i like you know i enjoy stuff like this i enjoy like understanding other people's beliefs I've never been one to put down anybody's beliefs because I believe, like I've stated into this whole thing, that, you know, whatever, what you believe is you're going to be your outcome, that will be your outcome. And I think that's a peaceful way to look at it rather than, you know, being at conflict with, you know, people's beliefs and everything like that. It just, you know, I think that kind of pushes the world to be at a better place.
0: Okay. All right. And thank you all for being here. As always, I am your mama bear, the Yeti. Join us in a couple weeks when we will have something equally geeky and Barry to talk about. But until then, bye-bye, Bears.
2: Bye. Bye-bye, everyone.